0: The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 151 The Siege of Jerusalem Begins Zedekiah's fears had compounded since the death of the false prophet Hananiah. The king knew that Jeremiah had prophesied Hananiah's death. If this prophecy had come to pass, then would not his prophecy that Nebuchadnezzar would retake Jerusalem also be fulfilled? While Zedekiah liked to think of himself as a powerful man leading a mighty nation, the truth was he would not be able to stand for long against the Babylonian king who had given him his position, and he knew it. He wasn't even called by his real name, Mataniah, which means gift of the eternal. His Babylonian masters gave him the name Zedekiah, meaning justice of the eternal. God himself would enact justice on Zedekiah. And now the Babylonians were coming. (laughs) The ground began to shake as thousands of Babylonian troops and chariots surrounded the city. The Jewish king and people cowered in fear it looked certain that the prophet's words were coming to pass. Yet a king must defend his city. The Jews relied on the protection of Jerusalem's walls, but Zedekiah feared that the Babylonians might be able to breach them in at least three ways. First, they would attempt to scale the wall, throwing hooks attached to climbing ropes over the top, or perhaps placing large ladders against the wall and climbing up. Frankly, he hoped they would try it. A torrent of arrows, spears, and rocks would easily stop their ascent. Ladders could be pushed away. The Babylonians could try to dig their way underneath. But that was unlikely and a good way to find themselves stuck in a hole full of arrows. It seemed there would be a number of ways to repel people trying to dig their way into the city. Second they might try to physically break through the wall. The Babylonians had massive battering rams, essentially a large log fitted with a sharp metal head on a platform with wheels. It often had a covering on top to protect the soldiers moving it from archers. After embedding the ram into the wall, the soldiers would attempt to swing it back and forth until stones dislodged and the wall collapsed. The enemy would probably target the city gate with this weapon. That was the city's weakest point. Additionally, catapults could fire stones with precision, battering the wall into rubble. But these methods required the Babylonians to get so close to the city walls that Zedekiah's troops could unleash a hailstorm of arrows on them, inflicting massive casualties. Even if none of these dangers brought down the city walls, Zedekiah knew there was a third option for an invading force, a siege. If the Babylonians couldn't come in, they certainly wouldn't let the Jews out. To leave, the Jews would have to open the city gates. The Babylonians could simply wait them out, for years if necessary. This third option was exactly what Nebuchadnezzar did. Though repeated attempts to penetrate Jerusalem's walls with Babylonian chariots, battering rams, and catapults failed, neither Zedekiah nor the people could leave Jerusalem. Perhaps, Zedekiah hoped, we we could wait for for Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar to to tire of this standoff and leave. Since the days of Hezekiah, water had been readily available in the city. The stores of food were abundant. It seemed possible that the inhabitants of Jerusalem could outlast this latest threat. Perhaps Jeremiah's warning that he should keep the agreement with the Babylonians was wrong after all. Soon, though, the stores of food were not so abundant, and food had to be rationed. Nebuchadnezzar was able to supply his troops' needs by raiding surrounding towns, but for the people trapped in Jerusalem, the only food was what could be cultivated inside. The people were becoming desperate, and Zedekiah began to fear that they might try to open the gates to leave. Though still far from repentant, the king sent two priests, Pasha and Zephaniah, to ask Jeremiah if God would fight for them. The news was not good.
1: Tell Zedekiah that God is going to personally fight against him.
0: Jeremiah said,
1: God has set before you life and death. Anyone who stays in this city will die, but God will spare the life of anyone who goes out and surrenders to the Babylonians. The Eternal has set his face against this city and it will be burned with fire.
0: Zedekiah had no intention of surrendering to the Babylonians. They might kill him. For now, he would leave the gates closed and the arches on top of the walls. But things could not go on this way forever. Eventually, Zedekiah sent Jeukal and Zephaniah to ask Jeremiah to pray for them. Although Zedekiah had no intention of obeying God's commands, he reasoned that was no reason not to get God's prophet on his side. Suddenly, the siege ended. As Jerusalem's inhabitants were reaching their lowest point, the Babylonians simply packed up their things and left. After months of siege, the threat was gone. But why? The Babylonians had learned of a more pressing threat. Pharaoh had sent the Egyptian army to help Judah. When Nebuchadnezzar heard of it, he ended the siege on Jerusalem and turned his full attention on the Egyptians. Zedekiah was greatly relieved by this turn of events, but God sent Jeremiah to warn him that
1: Babylon would be back. King Zedekiah, while the Babylonian army might be gone right now, it will be back. And when it comes, it will take this city and burn it with fire. Oh, Jeremiah, the king
0: returned. Can't you just be thankful Babylon has left instead of preaching your message of hate? You're upsetting my people.
1: I can only warn you as God instructs me. And I have another prophecy for you. While this city will burn, you will not. You're going to be taken captive into Babylon.
0: Hearing this,
1: Zedekiah
0: let out a roar of laughter while he shook his head.
1: <laughs> Why do you laugh?
0: asked Jeremiah, a little confused. This is serious. Ha! You fickle prophets of God need to get your story straight, quipped the king. I just received a letter from one of my people in Babylon that your friend Ezekiel had prophesied that I won't see Babylon. And here you are saying that I am going to go there captive? So
1: which is it, Jeremiah? All I know is that God will accomplish what he has said.
0: The prophet responded, completely trusting God's message.
1: By laughing his prophets to scorn, you are condemning yourself to a horrid future.
0: The fact that Zedekiah received two seemingly contradictory messages from Ezekiel and Jeremiah comforted the king. If they can't agree among themselves, I guess our future is still undetermined, he reasoned. But time would prove both prophets to be correct. Having delivered his warning to the king, Jeremiah began to warn the Jews.
1: The Egyptian rescue was only a temporary respite. The only way Jerusalem could have been saved is if Zedekiah had surrendered to the Babylonians. Since he refuses, in just a short time, the Babylonians will be back to see their besiegement to its end.
0: Jeremiah knew that when this prophecy came to pass, everyone would know that God had been behind this warning of the nation's fall. Jeremiah headed toward the land of Benjamin, where he had been born, after he entered the gate of Benjamin, a Jewish captain stood before him, blocking his way. Stop, the man said. Suddenly, Jeremiah recognized the young man as Erijah, the grandson of the false prophet Hananiah. You are betraying our people to the Babylonians. Erijah accused Jeremiah. You are under arrest.
1: That is not true. I would never betray our nation.
0: The prophet responded, Elijah would hear none of it. He brought Jeremiah to three princes of Judah, Shepatiah, Gedaliah, and Jeuchal. This biblical history was verified when seals of two of these princes, Gedaliah and Jehukal, were discovered in Jerusalem by Israeli archaeologist Dr. Ilat Mazar, it is one of the most astounding archaeological discoveries in modern times. The seals known as Bule were displayed in Armstrong Auditorium for anyone to see. These evil princes had heard Jeremiah's warning that Jerusalem would fall to Babylon and that Zedekiah should not rely on Egypt as they had advised. Jeremiah, Shepatiah gloated, at last, God has delivered you into our hands. He glared at the prophet, but Jeremiah was looking at Gedaliah, recalling a similar encounter with his father, Pasha, the instigator of one of the most powerful trials of the prophet's life. And he remembered that trial now. Pasha had been chief governor in God's house during the reign of Jehoiakim, like many He was present when Jeremiah issued a dire prophecy.
1: Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring upon this city and upon all her towns all the evil that I have pronounced against it, because they have hardened their necks, that they might not hear my words.
0: The prophecy enraged Pasha, and he struck the prophet across the face. Shocked! Jeremiah exclaimed,
1: Pasha, what are you doing?
0: But Pasha wasn't done yet.
1: You have
0: said quite enough, Pasha said. Put him in the stocks. The prophet stayed in the stocks all night, put to an open shame by this evil priest. The next morning, Pasha freed Jeremiah.
1: Now leave, Pasha commanded.
0: And don't
1: come back. I will leave. But first, I have a message for you from the Eternal.
0: The prophet said,
1: God does not call you Pasher. He calls you Magarmisabib.
0: That Hebrew word means terror on every side. Jeremiah continued,
1: God will make you a terror to yourself and your friends, and you will watch them die. The Eternal will deliver this city and all its treasures into the hands of the Babylonians. Your family will go into captivity and will die in Babylon, along with all of the people you prophesied lies to.
0: Pasha had told the people that no harm would come to Jerusalem or its people. God would not tolerate such dishonesty in his house, and he wanted Pasha to know it. Although Jeremiah was freed from the stocks, and from Pasha, his trial was only beginning. He sank into a terrible depression. People mocked him day in and day out. He was sorry he was ever born. This was one of Jeremiah's greatest periods of discouragement. The prophet even decided to stop proclaiming God's word. But he couldn't stop. The word of God, Jeremiah discovered, was like a fire in his bones that could not be quenched. He was addicted to God's word and could not give it up could not give up that wonderful habit of clinging to God's word and being inspired by it. He learned a giant lesson that we can learn today. If God's message becomes as real and wonderful to you as it was to Jeremiah, it will be like fire in your bones that you cannot give up. That is something to get excited about. Gedaliah hit Jeremiah snapping him back to the present.
1: Get a liar,
0: Jeremiah said sadly.
1: You're just like your father.
0: Infuriated, the three princes beat the prophet and then sent him to their specially built prison in the house of Jonathan the scribe. Yet the prophet was not depressed. His trial with Pasha had taught him to keep the fire of God's word burning within him. This would serve him well during the difficult times ahead. Back at the palace, Zedekiah was beginning to gain hope. The Babylonians had not returned, and he wondered if things might work out after all. The people of Jerusalem were starting to resume their daily routines. Even Jeremiah's dire proclamations had stopped since he had been thrown into prison. The prophet's words lived in the king's mind, however. After many days, he decided to go to the prison in secret, hoping to receive a better message from God. When he arrived, he found a pale, malnourished Jeremiah in a dark, dank cell. Hello, Jeremiah. Zedekiah greeted the prophet. Is there any new word from the Eternal? Jeremiah got right to the point.
1: Yes, you will be delivered into Nebuchadnezzar's hand.
0: Zedekiah's countenance fell. By now, he had seen Jeremiah's words come to pass too many times to ignore them. Jeremiah continued.
1: What have I done to be thrown into this prison? Have your false prophets who told you that Nebuchadnezzar would not attack received the same treatment? Please remove me from here, or I will die.
0: Zedekiah was torn. Jeremiah was still condemning him to slavery in Babylon, but was it possible that conditions would become much worse if he allowed a prophet of God to die? Zedekiah consented, and Jeremiah was moved to the court of the prison where he could move about freely and receive a piece of bread daily. It was still a prison, but the courtyard was a major improvement from being beaten and slowly starved to death. When Shepathiah, Jehukal, and Gadaliah heard that Jeremiah had been saved from their death sentence, they decided to take action. The princes immediately went to see the king King Zedekiah, Shepatiah began. Why has Jeremiah been freed from the scribe's dungeon? Because he would have died in that cell. Then he could tell us nothing, Zedekiah replied. Whether we like it or not, he's been our best source of intelligence for months. Gedaliah spoke up. Intelligence? Jeremiah is a traitor. He has given us up to the Babylonians. The king turned away from the second prince. Jehuqal, do you really think it's that serious? Zedekiah was not convinced. Let him die. He would make slaves of us all. Jehuqal responded. The three princes were united. I won't fight you on this, the king decided. Jeremiah is in your hands. Do what you want with him. The three princes bowed and left. Now they had a decision to make. The prophet was their responsibility. But ultimately, whatever happened to him would be their responsibility as well. Let's hang him on the nearest tree, Shepathiah said, ready to end the prophet's life immediately. I don't know about that, Gedaliah considered. The king wasn't in total agreement with this. Killing him now could return onto our own heads. But if he dies in prison... Shepathiah realized Gedaliah was right so we can take him back to the Scribes' dungeon. Jehuqal had another suggestion.
1: Zedekiah has already released him once.
0: This is our opportunity. Put him in Malchia's dungeon. Gedaliah shuddered, Shepetiah's neck muscles clenched, and the room seemed to grow cold. Malchiah's dungeon was the place of children's nightmares reserved for the worst criminals a coal infested mud hole that no one could survive even Jehucal could scarcely believe he had suggested it it might not kill Jeremiah as quickly as a hanging but it would kill him just the same do it Gedaliah said
1: we might not get another chance to stop this lunatic
0: with the decision made the three men gave the order the prophet would go to Malchiah's dungeon When the prince's men took the prophet to the ancient dungeon, its rotting, stagnant mud was so overpowering that Jeremiah could hardly tell if he was smelling it or tasting it. Jeremiah was soon attached to the cords and lowered into the mire. Soon, it engulfed him all the way up to his shoulders. Only his head and arms were free. The door slammed shut, taking all light with it. The prophet was stuck in the mire. There was no water, no food. The princes had not killed him yet, but starvation in the mire soon would.